Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Ay. Yeah. Ay. Drive it. Here in the corner. Luca. Oh, Welcome back for another episode of the Victory Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Sanchez. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Michael Pevia. Corey Douglas is not able to make it tonight, so it's just going to be uh, me and Michael tonight. How are we doing, Michael? Doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, It's been a while since we've heard anything uh, significant when it comes to Mavs news, but uh, hey, man, it's, it's that dead period in the NBA right now. Things are settling down, so before you know, teams report back for training camp, we, we have nothing to do but just speculate, speculate, speculate. Yeah, you know, it's been really, really quiet, especially on the Mavs end. It just seems like they're still – I think there's some big dominoes that everyone's kind of waiting on in the NBA. Uh, there's the Donovan Mitchell, uh, New York Knicks talk. Uh, Jazz may be selling everybody from Bogdanovich to Conley to Clarkson. You know, it goes much beyond uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um and then obviously the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving stuff, who knows when that will be resolved. It doesn't sound like the Knicks are in, or the Nets are in any hurry to trade either of them, especially KD. So, you know, it's just been kind of a pretty big wait and see. And uh, a lot of Mavs fans complaining about a lot of stuff on, on Mavs Twitter for, for the usual. And I, I, I get some of it, but, uh, but yeah, uh, my, my favorite one was when people were like, people were actually pissed off about AJ Lawson uh, getting signed off our summer league team to, I think, Minnesota. And it was like, are, are we really freaking out over AJ Lawson? Like, I'm, I'm sure he might be a decent player. Or, you know, it, it, it's a summer league two way player, we're really losing our minds over that. So it, it, it's that time of year and it's just kind of wait and see mode. I still think they're trying to get involved in some sort of trade just because I, I look at this, the point guard situation. And I just refuse to believe this is what they're going to carry into the season. There's just no way they can do that. So um, I, I think they're waiting to see how this plays out. So 
Um, yeah, like you said, it's just been kind of a dead time. Um, the only thing really to talk about, I guess, generally is uh, some recent comments that came out. Uh, there was the report about uh, how, you know, Luca does, he isn't really a recruiter. Like he spends his time in the summers uh, back home in, in Europe uh, doing his thing. And so he doesn't view himself as a recruiter. Uh, what, what did you think about that? Um, I think about a guy who is still 23 years old, who's still growing up as a man and, you know, he, he, he's still learning. Uh, I, I imagine guys in his ear, like, like Dirk Nowitzki, you know, like maybe sharing some stuff with him, uh, about stuff he failed to do in terms of recruiting. But I mean, I don't think recruiting Dirk Nowitzki ever came up short because we saw him that he was always in all those meetings of Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, and all those times uh, with Darren Williams and all that. But I don't think too much about it right now. Again, he's coming over from overseas. Who is playing in the NBA from his country besides Goran Dragic? And we already know him and Goran were almost teammates until they weren't. So it, it's hard. I mean, it, coming up uh, nowadays, you know, with – the digital age, all the social media guys get to, you know, link up on Twitter, on Instagram when they're in high school, they don't play together. But when they get to these AAU squads, summer camps, you know, they're already getting with some players, some agents, and they're flying them out to LA, Florida, and, you know, just having them play pickup basketball with some guys uh, in the NBA or already in college, that stuff happens. And that's how you get a head start on relationships with with your peers when you get to the league. And that's something that Luka Doncic didn't do too much of. But remember, Josh Richardson came out and said, you know, in the offseason, he went to Miami and Luka was there in the offseason playing pickup basketball. We all remember remember that. But, of course, he doesn't live here. So that was just like maybe a one-time thing. He wasn't, you know, doing all that stuff in the offseason. So I, I'm not too worried right now uh, on the recruiting aspect because – being a recruiter for your team as a player, that is a big thing in, in the NBA. We've been seeing it ever since, you know, LeBron started it and everything. Uh, well, he made it big. He made it, you know, global. He, that, that, that's what he made it for. But it was already going before him. So right now I'm not too worried about it. Uh, just keep, keep developing those relationships around the league. Right now, you know, depending on what happens, I'm watching a situation close with uh, with Denver. Who, who knows, man? We already know uh, Nikola Jokic and Luka are best friends. They're they're really good. I would I'm not gonna say best friends because again, I don't know the the context of the relationship. But every time they go to All Star Weekend, every time they're in the off season, they're always chatting it up. They're always it's it's like they interact best with each other than they do with anyone else. Yeah. So other than that, I, I'm not making it too big of an issue man I'm, I'm really not uh he is young he's focused on his olympic team right now so that is taking his focus away from that if i was him hell zion was with him for a while so maybe <laughs> some talk went on there uh get away from the gumbo and come have some barbecue um, maybe who knows <laughs> yeah uh maybe it's like a euro thing maybe it's just it's definitely his personality but i mean None of the Euro guys around the league are really like that either. Like Jokic is, isn't like that. Giannis, even Giannis isn't really like that. And those are, those are kind of the big three uh, Euro guys. Dirk was never really like that. 
So, you know, maybe it's a personality thing. Uh, the quote from McMahon, because this all this whole thing came from Tim McMahon. He said, quote, they seek his input, but he's not heavily involved in personnel decisions. He has not shown interest in being heavily involved. He spends much of his offseason in Europe. He's not a guy who has shown the desire to be a recruiter. And I do think at some point in his career, if they really want to get guys here, that's going to have to change, I think. But um, like if you really want to land a big fish, just like I feel like uh, superstars are usually involved when, you know, whenever you're hunting big, big fish. Um, So, you know, I I, I'm not freaking out over. I know some people did a little bit, but um, I think it's just his personality, man. And he's just home. And again, I really think that's a Euro thing. So um, I, I like that the front office wants him involved. That's that's definitely a positive. And, you know, they 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 try and get his input. And I'm sure he provides some, but I don't think like Luca's in the meeting rooms or anything. So um was it he, now I read somewhere, I'm not sure if it was factual or anything, but it was thrown out there. Luca did have some input and said no to Kyrie Irving, right? I didn't see that, but the reports about Kyrie and Dallas was the I forget who reported it. One of the really plugged in Dallas guys said uh, he, re- he reached out to a Dallas source and they were, and they were like, yeah, the, my source in Dallas politely re- or, uh, or uh, very vulgarly replied F no, we are not in on right. Kyrie Irving. So, okay. I, um, I don't know why I thought like Luca just didn't want to play with Kyrie. I, that, that may I, have I just been a suggestion. It, yeah. Like, I, I, I could see that he doesn't, I could see why he wouldn't want to, if he did, but, um, yeah, it's just been kind of a kind of a dead period, uh, like around you know we're we're sitting here you know you're, we get the occasional like it's not even just the Mavs it's the whole NBA right now where you know this has been a really weird off season where when the off season kicked off there was just a massive flurry of signings and couldn't keep up with it all and then Kevin Durant requested a trade and it all came to a halt and like it's just been dead since then uh, you know it's been pretty much dead kind of since the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, I guess where do you think uh, where do you think the Mavs fit into some of this some of this roster stuff? Um, <laughs> it, because because you know there's just it's been a really weird offseason. I mean it's just been a one yeah. big waiting game on so, a couple big deals. <laughs> what you said just hit, j- just explained everything. The Rudy Gobert trade stopped everything. Yes, because everybody upped their value on all their players on their team. Because no way should Rudy Gobert have gone for that package. He could have, he should have gone for some picks, absolutely. But for that package, now everybody around the league, well, let's up that value now. Like, yeah. it, it, it's it, it's insane. Uh, so, but in terms of, and I just want to say this real quick before I uh, get to the question that you asked. Doesn't that feel, sh- shouldn't that feel good? Your job actually reaches out for your input. Our jobs don't care about our input. Now someone else's job is reaching out for your answer. Hey, how do you want to change the trajectory of this franchise? Oh, I don't care about it. Anytime I ask if we need some trash bags or something, they don't come till a month later. So, <laughs> I mean, golly, that, that's actually, that, that, that's a good change of pace, man. I, I, I would love to be in Luca's shoes. But in terms of, uh, ask the, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Just like general, uh, general roster stuff, like looking around the okay. league with ever with everyone waiting around. Do you? Okay. Where did the map? Where do you think the maps fit in on all of this? So personally, man. Uh, so my opinions changed on the Mavs' approach. 
I think, honestly, man, I, I think the Mavs should just sit it out and go into the season with what you have. You have truly not a lot of value on your roster. Your picks, you you can't, you're, you're strapped with what you can do with your picks because you don't have your 2023. And that's the pick this com- upcoming uh, draft, which is supposed to be really good and, and really deep. You don't have a pick in that draft and a team always wants the most recent pick you have. So that's a major factor in it. So you can't really play with any picks. And then again, I don't think, I don't even think the 2030 pick is available in trade talks yet. So I, I just don't see unless you're throwing three first round picks or multiple. I don't see throwing a first round pick for Bogdanovich. I don't think that's really a true, true roster changing move. He's on an expiring. You're probably not even going to hold on to him and you're just making a move to make a move. So now you further gave up capital that you could have used in a later trade. And now next year you still have all this money on your books. You didn't move off any contracts and you gave up a first for Bogdanovich. I, I, I don't see how that um, how that helps you, honestly, long-term. And right now, the Mavs need to be thinking long-term. And the long-term best option, in my opinion, is to just go into the season with what you have. Uh, you know, I, I know guard is really, really thin right it's, now. It's so thin. It's it, ugly, it is, man. It is one of the worst. Well, not one of the worst when you have Luka Doncic, but in terms of depth behind Luka Doncic, yeah. that it, it's pretty bad. So I, I'm of the opinion, man, and it's not popular at all, but you, you just got to go into the season and do what you got to do. You got to raise these guys' uh, trade value Get Josh Green going. I know he's, you know, practicing right now, shooting some threes, making them, but nobody's rushing to close out on you. So I need those threes to go down in the game. Davis, Davis Bertans, he needs to get consistent. Uh, Guys just need to up their trade value. That way you can potentially move off some of this money in the future. So right now, in terms of KD, Colin Sexton, and Bogdan Bogdanovich, even Mike Conley, I've seen that thrown around. I want nothing to do with Mike Conley. Uh, I'm out on those. I would prefer the Mavs don't go that way because, again, if you can find a way to get into this season, up these guys' trade value and sell and get this money off your books and you actually gain maybe even if it's two seconds back and you know you're not probably getting a first for davis bertans or anything but if you can get two seconds by offing josh green davis bertans dwight powell maybe or or whoever then that's a win in my opinion because you're opening up money and you're gaining more draft capital and once the 20 uh once this upcoming season ends and this pick is out because the the draft is always before free agency now going into next year's free agency if you want to play it with the money or with your draft capital, now you're sitting good next year. As of right now, I think the Mavs are just better off sitting put. Yeah, you know, I I don't think they should sit put simply because I just don't think they can. Like, just the way things are. And well, my thing is they just need to get creative. If they could get out of this without having to give up, uh, you know, a first-round pick, I think that would be tremendous for them because um, part of me is like waiting for next off season because uh, like going into next off season after the draft, they will finally have their full arsenal of picks and they will be free of the Chris Alps Porzingis trade next off season. 
and they can go star hunting. They, they can go for these, you know, these, uh, these DeJounte Murray, Donovan Mitchell type deals where, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of first round picks. Right now, they physically cannot throw first round picks at, at people right now. I believe the, uh, the soonest, um, could be wrong on that. I, I think the soonest first round pick they can trade is their 2027 pick based on how maybe their 2025 pick. I, I, I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, way, their, their ranking or their position needs to be finalized this coming season. That way the 2023 gets out of the way and all the other picks yeah. can be set set. Yeah, so like they're finally going to be free of that next offseason. And I think there will be big moves next offseason. And right now they just kind of have to, you know, do what they can to improve the roster. Um, and, you know, I, I think Bogdan Bogdanovich would cost the first um, just because he's a really good player and he would, he would make the Mavs a lot better. But um, I, I struggle to see how. The Mavs can get in on some of this stuff without holding on to their, or, uh, well, still holding on to their first. But again, that's why I'm not the, uh, that's why I'm not the GM. And that's why, you know, you got to trust Nico because I really do think they're going to try and uh, hold their ammo for next summer because, uh, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to really go all out next year. Uh, so we'll just kind of see. They're going to have to get creative to get into a deal. And I don't even think it needs to be a big move, like, like a, like a Pat Beverly type deal where, you know, like I, I've always dogged Pat Bev, but I would love him next to Luca. I, I I think he's I, like I make fun of him a lot, but he's not a bad player, and I I think Luca could help him out a lot. Um, so th- that's that. We're just kind of again waiting and waiting and seeing on you know how things play out with the Donovan Mitchell, the Kevin Durant stuff. You know, th- there's a lot of stuff that everyone's just kind of waiting on. Um, moving on to uh. Jalen Brunson. So I, I guess you know we keep saying, all right, let's close the book on Jalen Brunson, and then. I mean, you have to at least address it. Uh, he went on to JJ Reddick's podcast and uh, talked about, uh, you know, him signing with the Knicks and how all this happened and why he left the Mavs and stuff. And it just sounded like it was so much more because of the Knicks than the Mavs. And uh, you could tell there was a little bit of tension in his answers. I, I forget the question he got asked in his Knicks press conference. So there was two big media availabilities his Knicks media availability. And then he went on Reddick's podcast. Um, and one of the questions he got at the Knicks media availability, he kind of, I, I need to go look at it, but uh, he kind of paused when asked about Dallas. You can tell he held back a little something. It had nothing to do with uh, any of the guys on the team. I can clearly love the team, spoke very highly of them. It, I just think there was a little bit of um, tension between him and you know front office and management for uh you know not offering him the money that he got because apparently the Mavs only offered him about 22 million a year and the Knicks gave him I think 26 million a year so um but yeah he he made some interesting comments he talked a lot about uh how you know he and his dad kind of bet on himself uh and uh they, they said uh he said that last summer, he's like, we absolutely, I've talked to my dad. We absolutely would have taken the deal last summer, four for 55, whatever, whatever it was. And, you know, people get mad about that, but like at the time people would have been pissed if the Mavs gave Brunson that money simply because like he was coming off a playoff series in which he got played off the floor. So like JB bet on himself and that's awesome, but it's definitely revisionist history. When I see people complaining about why they didn't sign him for four for 55, um, and it doesn't sound like those rumors about, you know, Ma- the Mavs not offering it at the deadline 
really impacted things because at that point, Jalen Brunson had already made himself much more money than four for 55 at around the deadline. So what did you think of the stuff Jalen Brunson has been saying recently? Yeah, I just, I just find myself confused on why you hold that against the Mavs. Like I, I, I really like, I, I always side with the player when it comes to these contract negotiations and holdouts, trade requests, extensions, or asking for more money. This is one that I, that, that just confuses me a little bit. So, so you get drafted somewhere. uh, Like he said, he would play good and then sit for six games, not see any playing time, yada, yada, yada. He keeps developing, and then he goes into the playoffs, gets played off the floor because he played horribly, comes back in a contract year, starts the year off the bench, and then an injury He uh, with an injury. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He got into the starting lineup because of an injury, or did Tim Hardaway Jr. go to the bench already and Jason Kidd uh, started JB? Which one? I'd have to go back and look. I think, I think Tim I went think, to the bench already. Yeah, I, I don't think okay. it was because of injury. I think it was okay. just because, like, it was like, holy hell, we need to get this guy in the lineup. Um, okay, so I just wanted to and, make sure my facts were correct. And he played tremendously well. And maybe it was partly injury because when Luca was out, you know, he missed a few games. Yeah. He had the ankle issues, and then he had COVID. When Luca was out, Brunson was playing tremendously well. So it was like, all right, yeah. well, we can't take him out of the lineup. And so it was eventually going to happen. So we'll, we'll, Yeah, so I think – so all, all this money, like, oh, I would have taken four for 55 or something like that, and they they didn't give it to you. Now, what was the nature of it behind the scenes is what we don't know. So I'll leave that there. Again, maybe it was something extra. Maybe it's more than just, oh, they didn't give me that contract at the deadline. But then you go and you have you play really well three games into the playoffs, uh, a four or five matchup, pretty two evenly uh, matched teams. Your star, the superstar, the leader of the team is out. You go on to have a 41 point game. You actually go on the road and take a 2 1 lead and steal back home court advantage. Okay, that's really good. Then you go into the next series and you. You, you face some up and downs, but ultimately you actually beat one-on-one the point God, as people call him, and you did that to CP3. Great. And then the, the rest is history. Obviously, you go to Golden State. You get uh, ramped by them in five games. The, the fact that he's complaining that, oh, they didn't give me 455 which is roughly, what, $13 million a year? And then yeah. they go and give me 22 almost doubling that. And he has a problem with it. I I I don't see that. I, I don't understand that thinking. I really, and again, again, I think this is one of those situations that was like Dennis Smith Jr. He just had people in his ear telling him all kinds of garbage. And again, everybody that was in his ear had everything to do with the New York Knicks. So of course they were talking all this trash about Dallas. Oh, if they would have wanted you, they would be giving you 30 million. If they really wanted you, they'd be doing this. They'd be doing that. And all this and all the, all the tampering stuff that they did. I think that's, this is that happened honestly, because again, the, the president of basketball operations, his father, the agent is the son of the president of basketball operations. Everybody was in his ear for the wrong reasons against the Dallas Mavericks. So trying to come up and say, oh my gosh, well, 
they didn't give me this money, but yet they let you play yourself into more money and offered you nearly double the amount that you would have taken. That that just that that's corny to me, in, in my opinion. That's just I don't I don't get that. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, I, I don't think it's that deep. I don't think Brunson has any issues with the Mavs. Um, I, I really don't think he felt any two ways about the Mavs and was upset with them. Or I, I really think a lot of this was kind of driven by his dad. And, you know, his quote, his full quote was because he, he talked about wanting to be in Dallas and he always thought he was going to be in Dallas his whole career. Uh, his quote was uh, when we talked to, when we were talking about the number from Dallas, uh, I obviously love my time in Dallas. I wanted to be in Dallas. I thought I was going to be in Dallas for a long time. And then, like you said, I started having a monster season. I went to them before they officially offered the proposed extension to me. This is around the trade deadline. But by then, it was kind of too late. The business came knocking on the door. So it was time to at least look. I had to do my due diligence and look and see what was out there. People might not believe it, but I've talked about it with my dad since like year one or two. I said, yeah, we're going to be in Dallas for a set career. That's genuinely what I thought. So, you know, I... I really think this was just, and he just talked about his dad a ton. So I really think this was just driven by his dad. Um, so I don't think there's really any hard feelings either way. Um, I just think his dad really wanted to get his son to the Knicks, you know, and, you know, there was the money part of it too, but it really doesn't seem like this was a money driven thing. I think he was going to the Knicks all along. So, uh, you know, that's that with the Brunson thing. I'm, kind of sick of talking about it we, we, we've we've talked so he's much gone, about him over the last few podcasts, so that that kind of closes the book on Jalen Brunson I'm sure we'll talk about him again the two times the Knicks play the Mavs next year and uh, I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on how him and the Knicks are doing for sure but uh that's that um it's a bummer he left but it's over and you know it he wanted to be in Dallas clearly and just kind of sucks that you know, it didn't work out. So um, I guess one last thing to hit on quick before we get out of here was uh, the Josh Green stuff. So uh, he's apparently working on a new shot, um, trying to fix his shot. Uh, he did a sit down with Kelly Kaplan at the Dallas Morning News. Um, so, uh, you know, he, he talked about, uh, you know, him, you know, changing up his diet, what kind of things the coaching staff wanted him to focus on this summer. Uh, Kelly asked him, uh, what kind of things the coaching staff sent him out to focus on in the summer? Was it skill-based or more changing your body or otherwise? What's been your biggest focus? And he said, I think everything really, me and my trainer sat down with Nico. We had a plan to put into place to do what we need to do. I changed my body a little bit, really looking at what I'm eating. There's a lot of specific things and going into one thing, but making sure I'm able to have a great year next year. It's been a lot of stuff. It's been two months. It's been a long two months, but it's fun, uh, but it's been fun. Um, so how do you feel about the, uh, the the Josh Green stuff going on? Uh, I think this is the year he needs to show up. This is the year he needs to show up. And he got drafted into – he got drafted or any any rookie that's drafted by the Mavericks right now because you have Luka Doncic, you're expected to contribute right away. Un- unfortunately, that's the reality of being a rookie or a young player on a team that has a – top three talent in the league so came in and all that you know hasn't had a real good uh two years really got played off the floor in both series against the Clippers and then this playoff run this year just had no role nothing like that even on defense he had a couple of spurts here and there but ultimately just couldn't stay in front of everybody the shot was ugly 
But going forward, man, he's just my, my biggest thing for him is, is just calming down. Like when the ball is in his hands, it's like he just doesn't know what to do with it. He panics. Like j- just calm down. Okay. Like that, that's my biggest thing for Josh. I, that's what I've always wanted from him because it's like when he gets the ball and he just goes with no control, mm. no control whatsoever. And he, he doesn't know if he's going to drive to the basket, if he's going to lay it up. And when he's in the middle of the air, do I lay it up or do I pass it out? Like, he, I think just working on that, you know, whatever drills that his trainer is going to put him through, whether he's got four bags with like um, padded padded pillows or whatever the case may be, go and drive up for a layup and everybody's going to hit you. Just finish through contact. You know, I think he's already a solid passer. So I don't think that necessarily needs to be worked on because I do like his passing skills, honestly. Just working on the shot against closeouts and just deciding what you want to do when you're inside the three-point line with the ball. That, yeah. That's my biggest thing because that that's I, – I have gone back and look at some, some of his stuff and it's just way too out of control. So just calming down, you know, having confidence and trust in yourself and your game – to be able to play on the floor. That's the biggest thing for him. That I see, that's the biggest thing is in his head. Yeah, and, you know, like you mentioned his shot, you know, he specifically mentioned his shot. He said shooting something that you can never not work on. For me, my leg would go in a lot last year. I need to make sure that my base isn't too wide. So there are a couple of corrections that I'm working on. So, I mean, if he can figure out his shot, he's a a decent defender. Um, So, I mean, it's just kind of all about his shot. and his quote that stuck out to me the most was he said, I think the biggest thing for me is just realizing what I need to do to help the team out. I'm not trying to work on stuff that I'm not going to do in a game. And that's the one that I liked. I'm not trying to work on stuff that I'm not going to do in a game. And I'm coming in with full confidence knowing what I need to do and being ready to go. I'm more motivated than ever. So he's, I mean, he seems to understand his role. You know, he's like, all right, I'm going to be a three and D wing with some passing ability. I need to, you know, I'm not working on, you know, you know, whatever, it, whatever he would never do in a game. So I, I definitely like that he's drilling down and trying to carve out a very specific role because it's clear he's not going to be a great player. Uh, he he definitely has a ceiling to be a really good role player, and it's just about, you know, reaching that ceiling. And I, you know, there was some hand-wringing about Josh Green, uh, you know, not playing in the summer league. But, and, you know, it, I, I forget what, what my stance was on that. Maybe I was a part of that hand-wringing. I don't, I honestly don't remember. Um but it, apparently he's been working out in Vegas all summer, uh, get, getting right. So, uh, you know, if Josh Green develops, that would that would change so many things for the Mavs. And God, I really hope he does because if he can just be like a seven and four and three kind of guy, like even that is, is good because he's still what like what twenty one years old, twenty two. So I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say he's he's not going to be a well you said a great player. I don't, I don't I'm not sure if he's going to be a great yeah, player, but I think I, I think he could still be a good player yeah, if he definitely. can just figure it out. He can be a great role player. He can be a great yeah. role player. Like uh, I mean, hey, so, I mean Dorian Finney-Smith, look at what we thought of him and now where and, is he at today? Not everybody has the same story, of course, but I I, I, I do want to just see Josh because I think a little bit in Josh's head you know, now's the time. 
now now's the time to step I mean, it up. Like he's only is... 21. He's oh Jesus. Like he turned he turns 22 in November. I mean, I am I'm two months younger than him. <laughs> I am and like we, two we, we years, two and a half years <laughs> older than him. So like, like, like he's a baby, man. Like, he like is me and still him. a baby, but a baby that needs to grow very quickly. Yeah. And yeah. I hate that that has to be thrown on his shoulders. If he was with the Thunder, like that would that that would be great. That would be perfect. He gets all the playing time and the the message to the guys. Hey. Just keep working. Just keep working because, you know, the Thunder's not going anywhere. So they're not preaching like trying to win, win, win like the Mavericks are. Like, look at Isaiah Roby. The dude, like, didn't do anything here. Goes to Oklahoma City where there's no expectations and actually carves out a role for himself. Develops pretty nicely. So, yeah, my biggest thing, again, just go in here, work on your roster. Like, get everybody bought in everybody try and boost their value just become a better player and josh green's the guy that i'm looking at before you know going it was kind of like Jaden hardy but uh, again Jaden hardy as we stand right now is going to have a role on this team whether we like it or not um is going to play more minutes than maybe we would like but that's how the roster stands right now so but yeah. josh green is the guy that i'm looking at coming into here that dude it, it it's go mode now it is go mode like mm-hmm. there is no more of okay we'll, we'll just take it game by game there's no more of that we need production this season maybe not immediately into november because again just let the let the season roll on and everything but josh green and i think he understands a little bit like there, there's no more of that you know i'm not guaranteed a job next year i'm not guaranteed a roster spot next year i got i gotta i gotta go out and, and earn my roster spot yeah, yeah, it, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he develops. Because um, if he develops, that would be huge for the Mavs. Um, so, you know, you got anything else, Mike, before we get out of here? Nah, man, uh, other than, you know, I know we didn't touch on it much, but I did like what I saw from Jaden Hardy. He looked like a 19-year-old uh, second-round pick. Uh, a lot of things. I, I liked how he finished through contact, how he embraced contact. That's some of the stuff that I look for in summer league. And that's stuff that's going to translate over to the game. And Hey, we're probably going to be seeing Jaden Hardy at the free throw line a lot, which is a good thing for a 19 year old. So his passing ability and embracing contact are the two things that really gave me hope uh, for him being at least a contributor on this team. You know, not too much of the scoring. Cause again, uh, how much is Jason Kidd going to give him? How much leeway is he going to give him with the ball? I don't know. But in terms of embracing contact, getting to the bucket and passing, I certainly liked what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely uh, there's definitely something there for sure. Um, it's just about, you know, tapping into it. And, you know, there he, he's going to need time to develop. Uh, so, you know, uh, with all that being said, thank you guys for listening. Uh Make sure to check out everything going on at the Dallas Sports Fanatic. Make sure to check out all of our Cowboys content that we're doing, uh, you know, both uh, both on Twitter, uh, on the website, and with our Silver and Blue podcast. So, uh, again, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you next week on the Victory Avenue podcast.